What is going on, everybody? Welcome to Waiver Wired, the greatest fantasy football podcast on the face of the planet. How'd you like my intro? Pretty good, Eddie? Because it's very accurate. (laughs) It is so accurate. Uh, If you guys are watching this right now, awesome. Uh, It is cut day. And um, there's so much news. And I know you're all doing your drafts this week. I've already done. I did one this morning. I did one yesterday. I did one this weekend. If you have questions, please jump in. We are open to questions. Open to questions. Drop them on Twitter. Drop them on YouTube. Drop them on Twitch. Myself and Eddie Spaghetti. We will get to them today, which is the tight end preview episode. But first, it's cut day, Eddie. And (laughs) I felt this kinship with these players today because I was going around looking like uh, Googling online, like what are, what are the cuts, you know, who got cut this season, et cetera, et cetera, who's not going to make it. And I was looking at this list of players. These people did not make the team. I was like, man, this is like when you audition for a play Mm -hmm. and the cast list goes up and like, you're not on it or worse they just post that you got cut and you didn't get the callback. So they don't post who gets the callback. They post who gets cut, right? It's horrible. I wanted so, to hug them all. I want to ask you, Jim, because obviously you, you've dabbled in that quite for some time, uh, very successful you know, performing. In the movies and TV shows, like when they do post that stuff and it's like on the wall and like yeah. everyone runs in the same, is that accurate? Does that actually happen where everyone like storms a wall, like a posted uh, piece of paper? Or is that really it how legit- it goes? happens well it doesn't happen really so much anymore it's like when you get to like new york like your your agent calls you or your casting agent calls you says hey they want to see you again or sorry you didn't make it past this cut whatever whatever but in when i was first singing it legit happened i remember the first time that like the cast list went up on friday and it was posted on the wall and you ran up and looked and then you had to like not feel bad for your friend that didn't get it, but feel excited for yourself and that whole like awkward bunch of feelings. So yeah, it, it, there is some truth to that. I mean, I don't know anymore. They probably put it on, you know, Twitter e- now. Email, social media. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I feel media. like I cannot imagine like if you're not on that list and, and, and on, uh, luckily for you, Jen, I, I know you're probably on the other side of that where you're, you're in it, but if you're not, if you don't make it and then all of a sudden you're not. And then you're not there. And then all those like 30, 40, 50 people around you. And then you're just like, ugh, and you got to like, you know, walk away with your tail between your legs. I, I, I mean, can't imagine that. Sometimes you're not right. Like sometimes right. you are Raheem Mostert in your cut and then you go reinvent yourself and mm-hmm. you become a total stud and maybe you only play eight games, but whatever, you know, like there, there are, sometimes it just, it happens that you sure. just don't fit with the team. And like, if you're OJ Howard right now, if you're Lynn Bowden Jr., like, you know, stick with it guys. Like, <laughs> But like, I don't know. I shouldn't be giving pep talks. Anyway, this got really cheesy, Jennifer cheesy for a minute. But yeah, cut day. We do have a lot of news. But before we even get to that news, I got to talk about the biggest news, which is that Ahmad Sauce Gardner now has his own sauce at Buffalo Wild Wings. And because we love Buffalo Wild Wings, I had to immediately know, like, what is this sauce? Apparently, it's a combo of spicy and sweet. Mm-hmm. And it launches tomorrow. So I think pretty soon we can start judging things by sauce, sauce scale. We're going to need a new heat scale 
Um, because I love this. I think it's fantastic. By the way, Sauce Gardner, nine to one odds to win defensive rookie of the year over it. Uh, SI sports book. I'm sure it's 10 to one other places get that value because anybody who gets a sauce named after him, that's a lock, right? Oh, oh, absolutely. I mean, so many takes on this. Uh, number one, you know, I, I loved watching Sauce Gardner in college. Obviously, playing in Cincinnati, he beat my Irish. Um, I, I was, I know the Giants had a couple high picks in this last draft. I was kind of like almost preparing myself that he might have been a Giant. Uh, but he goes to the Jets. You know, no ill will towards the Jets. I think he's gonna have a great year. I know you brought up the odds nine to one for uh, Defensive Rookie of the Year. He's definitely gonna be in the running for that. Um, he's a lockdown corner. It's a, it's like a match made in heaven for Buffalo Wild Wings, which we love. The Sweet, smoky, spicy barbecue sauce. And it just gets me thinking, like, what kind of sauce would I make if it was, like, a spaghetti sauce? And I – there are my favorite I mean, combo yeah, – is you've got spaghetti sauce. Like, spaghetti that's it. Sauce. I, it's spaghetti yeah. sauce. I guess so you're right. sorry. Spaghetti sauce dipped in wings. But, yeah, that's a good point. I guess, I guess it's already done for me, too, then. Maybe you need an Eddie sauce. I do love ranch. Like, I do love a good – like, a Chipotle ranch mixture. Um, but I, I'm, I'm fine with the spaghetti sauce, too. If you guys out there uh, have an idea of what kind of sauce I would be, I would like to know what kind of sauce I should start working on for when I get my own Buffalo Wild Wings sauce. I think it's going to be a little spicy, my sauce. You could take the heat. I'm not, I'm, I, I struggle, man. If I had to go have desert yeah. heat or like jam and jalapeno, I'd be, I'm afraid. Cause I, I love me some Buffalo Wild Wings, but a lot of, a large part of that scale is just too hot for, uh, for all spaghetti. I've got some jam and jalapeno takes for this podcast today because it is the tight end episode, but I keep teasing that we're going to get to it. Let's quickly go down some of the news for today. There's so much. Okay. First of all, Brian Robinson, um, we would be remiss not to discuss the tragic situation there um, shot in the lower extremities. Uh, luckily not like threatening. He was back in the building today. It was great to see all his castmates hugging him and smiling really big and he looks good. Um, but the interesting thing is he's not been added to the pup list and he is on the 53 man roster. So maybe those of you who have Brian Robinson on your teams, maybe you're not out of luck yet, but an interesting cut in Miami of Sony Michelle does make you wonder if that could be the short-term solution. So what say you, Sony Michelle to the Commanders? It makes a lot of sense, and obviously, first and foremost, just glad that he's uh, healthy. It's you know, Ron Rivera came out so that he's going to be able to play, which is great news. Uh, we, we, none of us wanted to see some devastating uh, news come across about that that incident there. So, really happy he's fine. Uh, I think it was a bit of a shock they cut Sony Michelle, but that's kind of like what cut day is, right, Jen? It's just like these players that you almost but expect to make rosters, they get cut. I think it's a really good stopgap until he's he's fully healthy. And I know you mentioned uh, players who people who drafted uh, Robinson and were afraid of him going on. You know, uh, injury reserve list. Uh, I know before we recorded, Megan Fun of Sports and uh, Megan Connolly did draft him in a few leagues, I believe. So she, you know, she had her uh, her sleeper, and this news came out. So she'll be happy to hear that. Uh, hopefully, he's not out for too long, and he'll come back in and make an impact. So interestingly, um, Sony Michelle actually led the league. Let me let me pull up these quote these stats I wrote down. He ranked first in carries and third in rushing yards over the final six weeks of the 2021 season. So there's still tread on his 27 year old tires. It's, mm -hmm. it's kind of amazing to me that they wouldn't uh, use him. He was a first round pick for the Patriots. He's going to end up somewhere more interestingly though. It might also give you some clarity if you were trying to decide what to do with the Miami backfield, Chase Edmonds, 
you know, clearly, you know, he was kind of going anywhere between round six and round nine, depending on what kind of a draft you were in. He's now clearly worth that value. He had eight games of double PPR points of 12 games played last year, obviously plagued with injury, but he was very efficient when he did play 5.1 yards per attempt. And then on the other side of that, maybe the pick I'm most interested in is actually, I mentioned him earlier, Raheem Mostert, because he's free. And I'm, you know, I'm talking deep leagues, but Raheem Mostert, okay. When he does play, he is one of the most threatening players on the ground. You can watch him break off these massive, massive runs. He averaged 5.6 yards per attempt uh, on only 772 yards, only 137 attempts in 2019. That was the only year he played 16 games. Now, he didn't start 16 games. He's never started more than eight games in a season. But hey, if he's your last pick and you can even just plug him in and get a few of those big games now that the committee is dwindling a little bit, I don't know. I'm kind of I'm kind of digging it. I'm with you. Uh, I'm slowly becoming a, a Tua believer, which means that I think that the offense will open up for the ground game because you're not going to stuff the box. And I think that, you know, he's going to be able to be effective downfield throwing, which he was in the past. Uh, I mean, no bones about it. The last regime there did not really love Tua. So I think this really opens up things for the running backs and, and they'll have a, a much easier season. And uh, I'm with you. I think Mostert's in a position right now uh, with less bodies there that he, he will make an impact as well. Um, we have a question on Twitter. Well, we have a, a funny comment about uh, it being cut day. So, uh, B Flex nineteen eighty five. Uh, he writes in. Um, uh, you know, since it's cut day, could the uh, Against All Odds podcast cut Harry asking for a friend? <laughs> and I have to say, unfortunately, uh, and I'll speak for you too, Jim, we all love Harry, so Harry's not going anywhere. We love Harry. But we, uh, he also wrote it with another one. Uh, he has an IR list. Is it worth drafting Brian Robinson now? We kind of just spoke about that. If you have an IR spot for him, Mm -hmm. 100%. Mm -hmm. I absolutely would do it because we really still don't know what's up. I mean, maybe it's not that big of a deal. I mean, I'm not saying getting shot isn't a big deal. Of course it is. But what if six weeks from now, he's the guy we, we clearly see that their trust is waning in Antonio Gibson. I think Antonio Gibson has become a value in drafts now because everybody got so high on Brian Robinson and saw all the switches. Now Antonio Gibson by default is going to have to have some work, especially if they don't sign Sony Michelle, then you got to get Brian Robinson because they must still have some plans. Right. Mm-hmm. I'm also kind of interested now in Curtis Samuel because we've seen Curtis Samuel kind of be that hybrid guy, right? Right. In Carolina, Matt Rule kind of used him that way. And what if they start to do the same thing? I mean, again, Antonio Gibson, a pass receiver in college, and they used him as hybrid. So I'm a little bit opening up to the idea of Curtis Samuel now late too. So that is a sneaky pick, deep leagues. And speaking of Carolina, LaVisca Chenault is now... Big trade going to Carolina with Baker Mayfield. I'm starting to feel like this Carolina team might be pretty interesting. If Christian McCaffrey stays healthy and most importantly, I don't know if you guys saw the story this morning, but Cynthia Freeland reported that Baker Mayfield is going to them up the first week, the Browns, uh, he's on a mission. And I, as soon as I heard that, I'm like checking my DFS salaries. I'm like, cause I know he's cheap and it, he's on a mission. I don't blame him. Like, Ooh, Baker Mayfield stack. I think it's happening. 
Talk about a, a desert heat quote. That is, uh, that's pretty spice <laughs> right there. Uh, yeah, I mean, the NFC South is like, you know, depending on what side of the fence you're with, with the, the odd offseason the Bucks are having, you know, with Tom Brady and missing time, uh, I, I don't think really the Falcons are going to factor in that. So then it's between really the, the Saints or or this Panthers team. And if you know, you've seen Matt Rule's career, always in year three is when he turns things around. He's been building a great defense there. Uh, I still believe in Baker. I think Baker's, you know, he had a, a season long left shoulder injury last year and uh, they're in a good spot now and you know we me and you both know Jim whenever Chris McCaffrey is healthy and playing he is always effective and then you add some pieces like that like LaVisca Chanel I I think that they're it's a real chance they could I think could at least be the top two over the Saints who obviously now don't have Drew Brees they have James Winston turns it over they they don't have Sean Payton anymore Um, so I think this this Panthers team is definitely trending upwards. DJ Moore still there too. And someone that should be going where he is going as a lead wide receiver. I think we're still getting some value on him because everybody's, you know, just like underwhelmed in general with Carolina, but DJ Moore is as consistent as they come and he gets a very slight upgrade at quarterback this year too. So I'm really liking it. Um, what else have we got? Oh my gosh. So much is going on. Um, Oh tech. Okay. We got to talk. Okay. We'll go here first. Kenyon Drake. Kenyon Drake is in Baltimore. So officially, you know, released by the Raiders. We talked about this maybe last week. Um, There could be maturity issues involved in that. Who knows? But the fact is he was rated as the second best pass catching running back last year by Pro Football Focus when he was on the field. Uh, A career average of 4.46 yards per attempt. Sure, he was a little injured last year. We didn't see a lot of him, but... It does say to me, maybe they're not hundred percent sure on JK Dobbins. They're definitely sure Gus Edwards isn't going to be there, right? He's starting on the pup list and they cut, uh, they cut their rookie Tyler Beatty today. Um, so it's Mike Davis season or it's Kenyon Drake. And I cannot dra- draft Mike Davis an average of 3.6 yards per attempt last year. Can't do it. Um, but Drake, maybe. And again, Drake is free in drafts. So don't panic about JK Dobbins. Like where you're taking JK Dobbins is probably fine. And, um, but what we really want is for that Baltimore rain run game to go back to where it was two years ago. Cause the last year, you know, they made it work with spit and bailing wire, you know, Devonta Freeman, Tyson Williams, who got cut. They only logged about 1250 yards as a room. The previous season, they uh, racked up nearly 1900. Obviously Lamar Jackson, probably the RB one there, if you will. But again, we were talking about this last week. Why is his passing yards prop? at 3,500.5 if he's going to be running. So much confusion about this around this Baltimore thing. But I do think Kenyon Drake could be a good late shot, at least for the start of the season. I'm I'm going to quote Seinfeld and say I, I love the Drake, love the Drake and this uh, and this because you, you just brought it up. I was going to link it to Lamar Jackson. We ex- you know we're kind of skittish about drafting uh, basically anyone catching the ball there besides Mark Andrews. Now you add uh, one of a, the premier pass catching running backs. Maybe we'll see Lamar you know take it easy with running. You know protect his body again. He's betting on himself this year. He is his own agent. He does not have the contract in place. So maybe instead of him going hmm it's third and six, let me go run it myself. Oh, Kenyon Drake's behind me. I try trust him. He comes out in the flat, you hit him, and then maybe Drake takes to the house. I think just helps. this helps Kenny and Drake, obviously, but also helps Lamar Jackson, so I, I love this move. Yeah, I think it could be good all around. Um, let's see. Steelers receiving trade calls for Mason Rudolph. Vikings fielding in the Alex Alexander Madison, but nothing there. The Steelers battle is very interesting because actually all three quarterbacks have been pretty good in preseason. It's not I, a I, easy decision. 
I and, hate and Mike Tomlin. Mike Tomlin is so coy. I hate it. So I coy. hate it so much because there's so many there's so many fantasy options in every week that we're talking about whether it's you know it's Najee and it's Fryermuth or it's uh, Pickens or Claypool and obviously Deontay. There's so many guys there. Just give us a quarterback so we can help our drafts. I I, I hate it. And now this news though about the LeFranc injury for right. Najee yes. and Deontay's kind of banged up and like the Steelers are just shrouded in mystery guys but their win total is only seven and a half wouldn't you take the over on that i just feel like they're going to surprise us they don't stink ever and they're they never do my common has so. never lost right exactly and i, I think i think their best case i mean you know their best case scenario is, is obviously is trubisky is fine and they could let kenny pickett sit but that's the thing if trubisky is below average they could put in pickett he'll you know the city will be buzzing obviously the hometown kid and then you you know whatever there's enough pieces there even if they have to just you know d and run the ball they could they could do that and if they have to throw they have the the receivers so they are a good team it's they are definitely a mystery to the gen i agree still more news eddie there's so much news jimmy g so Jimmy G, after all our you know speculation about where he's going to go, mm-hmm. stays with the 49ers, which interestingly, I made this bold prediction that Jimmy G wasn't going anywhere a few weeks ago and everyone laughed at me. And then like the next day news came out that he was leaving. And then so I'm feeling slightly vindicated. Um, Jimmy G not going anywhere. Do you think this is a statement on how they feel about Trey Sermon or... Are they just smart or wh- how does because you know how I feel. I think we agree about, you know, he's looked good in preseason and all of that, but handing over the reins to him completely when you have someone perfectly capable, someone who took you to a Super Bowl, someone who got you deep into the postseason last year. Yeah, maybe he's not a flashy fantasy quarterback, but Jimmy G can get it done. Um what, what do you think this says? Does it does it change how you feel about it, Trey Lance? I, it, I called it, him Trey Sermon. I'm sorry, Trey Lance. Well, uh, also Trey Sermon. You, you need to draft Trey Sermon as well. For me, they're both Trey turning Lance. down. They're both turning downwards because um, I, you know, I've seen a lot of people who love love Trey Lance. They want to draft him very high. And to me, this two things that come to mind. Number one, uh, I feel like the only place that made sense for Jimmy G to go to would be Cleveland. I, I don't understand why Seattle was brought up. Seattle wants to tank. They want a quarterback back next year uh people saying the Giants the Giants are never interested the Giants are always standing by Daniel Jones this is make or break year I knew that from day one and with the the Browns surprisingly they, they cut Josh Rosen today they're just going with Jacoby Brissett so part of me is like I wonder if the, the trade talks just spiraled out they just didn't think that because uh, it's very odd when a team you, when you pay Deshaun Watson you know just talking strictly football terms here like you you want to win you're in a win now mode uh, to not get a guy who has been to a you know very very many postseason runs it's very odd to me but in terms of the 49ers <laughs> what I don't uh, what I don't get is I mean, going into this preseason Trey Lance I think they said it had like thrown 500 balls that mattered in games uh, he's very green as green as could be and this to me just reeks of them going like uh, yeah, we're going to hand over the reins to him because we took him third overall, but we're really not that confident yet. So I, I don't like this at all. If you're a 49ers fan, I know some people, as Shaq included, wants them to win the NFC West. He you know, said they're going to win the division. I just don't see it. I don't see it. With, if, you, if, you did not, if you totally believe in this guy, you would get rid of Jimmy G because he is a huge elephant in the room and it makes no sense. And, and that also, if, if they don't trust in him, why am I going to trust in Debo? Why am I going to trust in Ayuk, Kittle, so on and so forth? Defense, now we're going to, they're going to load up the box. So whatever running back Shanahan's using, that's going to be tougher for them. Um, I'm not really in love with the 49ers right now. 
So there are a couple of quarterbacks that I'm really going to be watching this year because it feels like fantasy analysts are kind of planning their flag one way or the other. And Trey Lance is one of them. I know Michael Fabiano, my very esteemed, respected colleague, we agree on most things. Mm-hmm. He loves Trey Lance as like a huge, he thinks he's going to be huge. I'm, I don't feel the same way. We have opposite sides of that one. There are those who love Tua and Tua has looked really good. Mm-hmm. I have to say I haven't been a dynasty league, which I'm happy about. And I would draft him as a second quarterback, but I'm not as high as a lot of others, even though I like him. I just, you know, I'm not as high as others. I think those two guys are, are two guys that we're going to be really watching very closely. I think Baker Mayfield might surprise us. Um, yeah, I'm with you on that. You know, I can't wait to see Russ in Denver. The, the quarterback position is very interesting this year. And, and I love that AFC West. It's, it's going to be great. Uh, one person that needs to be on your radar, if he's not already, it's Houston Texans running back Damian Pierce. Um, the Texans did officially release Marlon Mack. Damian Pierce has looked like a monster in preseason. And early in the year, you could get him very late. Um, ninth round, eighth round. He's going as early as the fifth round. Guys, if he creeps up to like round four, you you need to tap the brakes a little bit probably. But Damian Pierce, for a lot of you who aren't uh, drafting in super sharp leagues, is somebody you can probably get sixth, seventh, eighth round. And I would absolutely pull the trigger on that because he's going to have opportunity. Again, though, we're talking about a Texans team. You got to, you know, realistic expectations. And of course, Lovey Smith, again, being a little coy, like Mike Tomlin, you know, like, not officially announcing anything, but the writing's on the wall. It's Pierce. I, I, I like him. And, I, you know, unfortunately, like some of my uh, leagues I care more about, we haven't drafted yet because you want to wait till after the preseason and cut day is all done. But, you know, I, 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 you know, the name of the game is is touches. It is volume. But you have to worry about the Texans, like, number one, being down in game. They're not going to run the ball if they're down 20 points. Like, you have to worry about game script. You also have to Hello, think, too. It's like, Collins. Uh, it's, just, it's just one of those things where you have to look at it. I know we want to, this is a fantasy show, but look in, term, in terms of the actual game where, you know, you, look at their quarterback situation. Look at their weapon situation. Like they're they're not they're not top of the line there. And I know that he's pretty much the only guy, the only running back. But uh, you, well, how you many got Rex Burkhead. I mean, there's yeah, other guys, yeah. but it's it's less of a like people are drafting him high because they don't buy into that really being a true committee. Right. If that makes sense. But then I, I just know. But like, I'm with you though. Fourth round, like, what are you doing? It's the Texans running back. The Texans may have three wins. Like, it's not they're not going to be having you know 25 rushes a game unless they're blowing teams out, which I don't think is going to happen. Right. So, but he is someone to have on your radar if you if you can get him later. He sh- he should be the starting running back there, but it is still a committee. So, mm-hmm. and most most teams are going to committee these days, sure. guys, and that's why those running backs that are going in the first round are so valuable. I do want to mention another thing about uh, Tony Pollard. You know, there's been a lot of discussion about Zeke or Pollard. Pollard is more efficient, et cetera, et cetera. I fully expect Zeke to exceed his rushing yards prop. It's like, I don't know, 875 or something low. He's never rushed for that low of a number. Um, He's going to beat that. But Tony Pollard might end up being just as valuable or more valuable in fantasy because they're going to start using Tony Pollard in the slot. Kellen Moore said so. It's coming back to him. It makes all the sense in the world. Why wouldn't you use Tony Pollard a la Debo Samuel, right? Same kind of thing. He's got crazy weapons and they're down, right? And it's going to be CeeDee Lamb. And then who? 
Dalton Schultz, who we're going to talk about today. Uh, And Tony Pollard is probably going to get some more action. And because of that, Zeke is probably going to have some work on the ground, assuming he can stay healthy. And I think he can. Okay, everybody, we'll be right back after this quick break. Today is the tight end episode. Uh, we are just going to go quickly through uh, tight end strategy and we'll, we'll kind of break it down a little bit. So tight end, obviously, uh, there's a couple different ways to approach it. The first way to approach it is to say, hey, I am going to take an elite tight end and that is going to be either Travis Kelsey or Mark Andrews. And I'm willing to do it as early as the first round, if I have to. And the reason you do this is because you want to have an advantage at a scarce position. So follow. If you can have a tight end that racks up 1,400 yards, all on Mike and Mark Andrews, or you can have a tight end that racks up 550 yards, which is what, you know, your late string. That is a big difference at tight end, 900 yards difference. Wide receivers don't vary so much, right? There's so many wide receivers you can get in there to make up that difference of yards. At tight end, there's a big gap. So there's a, there is a strategy just saying, I'm going to get that at my tight end position. So I have a serious advantage there. I'm basically starting a wide receiver one. And that would be either Travis Kelsey or Mark Andrews. We'll talk about, more about them in a minute. The other one is, of course, to just take a middle round if it falls to you. But then yet another strategy is to wait and grab one of these value guys, right? So they're coming off the board ninth round, 10th round after, and just kind of go through and see who clicks. Because last year, did anybody have Dawson Knox on their roster? No. Right. Did anybody have Pat Fryermouth on their roster? No. No one even had Dalton Schultz on their rosters when they started their season last year. So there is a way to stream. So um, a lot of times it's nice to get that. You get Once you get that one tight end, I am personally an advocate of, you don't need to draft a second one. There are so many deep tight ends. We'll talk about them. Uh, Austin Hooper, you know, Irv Smith Jr. Uh, Johnny Smith could hit. Um, who else could hit? There's a whole lot of late guys that could hit. Um, Logan Thomas. Evan Ingram. There's a lot of guys that can hit Robert Tunyon. Okay. Who's going to be Aaron Rodgers guy. Robert Tunyon's free. You can even get him off the waiver wire. So don't panic if you don't get your tight end pick. Right. And if you don't like the tight end, it's okay. Uh, We're going to give you the top 12, 13 guys. You get one of those, you'll be fine. And then you can watch the waiver wire. So starting at number one, number one guy off the board, deservedly. So Travis Kelsey, I love Travis Kelsey this year. I will tell you, I took him first in the Scott Fishbowl, which is a tight end premium league. And it's also a super flex league. So a little risky. Okay. But Patrick Mahomes does not have Tyreek Hill anymore. And he has a lot of talented receivers, none of whom do we know if he has a great connection with yet. He could hit anybody on any given day. That's Patrick Mahomes. But what we do know is Travis Kelsey is his security blanket. And this guy, I know he's getting older. I know we say the writing has to be on the wall, but he continues to get it done every single year. So I have no problem. I believe personally Travis Kelsey is still the number one tight end overall. Thoughts on Kelsey? I'm with you 100%. If I had to 
pick, the number one overall tight end, it is it is Travis Kelsey. I think that someone's going to need those targets without Tyreek Hill being there. Um, you know, they did bring in Juju and a few other uh, receivers, but Kelsey's been his guy. I, I know he's getting up there in age, but he's so consistent. You know, a bunch of years in a row for a thousand yards. That being said, do I? Th- foresee myself drafting a tight end this early I'm unsure especially if there's some good running backs on the board because running backs are scarce and like like you're saying there's always somebody that pops up you could find um but if you are you know if, if somebody falls and you're in a you know a bigger league and maybe the guys you like isn't there I think Kelsey uh, is the one to go especially over Mark Andrews maybe after this Kenyon Drake news too but I, I think Kelsey is far and away my number one so Mark Andrews is the number two and it's hard to argue with it because he was uh, the uh, most amazing tight end last season. I think he got a little bit of a bumpy start and everyone's like, oh, I drafted Mark Andrews too high. And then he came out and absolutely balled out. He was the number one receiver for um, for Lamar Jackson last year when Lamar Jackson played. Uh, he ended up with 194 points in the standard league and in a PPR league, 301 points from your tight end position. That is a massive positional value to compare Travis Kelsey at 262. So last year, Mark Andrews was the superior tight end. He had nine touchdowns, 1,361 yards, um, and you just can't argue with that. 153 targets, 107 catches. That is whopping in a PPR league. There is no way he's going to be better than that this year. That's all I'm going to say. I'm not going to say he's going to regress. He could stay the same, but he's not going to be better than that. Um, so I, if I get the value, if it's late second round and the way my build is going, I don't like who else is there. If he's in the third round, I feel like you have to because he's the number one receiver for Lamar. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have a, a quick Twitter uh, question here from uh, from Bflex. It's a two parter on tight ends on Travis Kelsey. Um, mm-hmm. He's asking uh, is Kelsey's there in the first round is worth the uh, worth the pick. I already gave you my answer, Bflex. I said I I wouldn't do it, Jen. Do you think you'd take him in the first? I would in certain scoring formats, um, specifically in PPR. I would, and I don't have a problem with it really in standard either. If you really believe in Kelsey, because of the positional difference you get um i probably wouldn't do it in standard but i would consider in ppr and the part two of the question is uh, you know some sports books have uh, the over under on kelsey's receiving yards at 1050 but he's never had fewer than 1123 yards with mahomes so basically do you see some kind of yards regression this year nope i don't i think i i think that's I think Kelsey's going to have a big year. I guess the issue is we just keep saying this and Kelsey keeps getting older and it's like, eventually it has to stop, but I don't know. Maybe Travis Kelsey's like Derrick Henry and he's just a unicorn (laughs) and he can just do magical things. So yeah, I'm, I'm all in on Kelsey. So I support that move. Um, Next up, we go to a a tier that's uh, kind of interesting. We've got, Right now, let's see most recently who's going next. I think it's still Kyle Pitts. Let me just check. It is still Kyle Pitts. Right. Kyle Pitts is one that's kind of polarizing because uh, we all expected him to be so great last year. He certainly does line up to be the number one receiver again. And one thing we have to remember is he had over a thousand yards again at the tight end position, right? Um, That doesn't happen. You know, let me see who else had a thousand yards. That's it. Kelsey and Andrews. That's it. George Kittle only had 910. So it's a rare thing. And if he adds the touchdowns and he's in his second year in the league, it does feel like that is a good place to take Kyle Pitts. But I, every time I get there, 
I always just feel like I can't pull the trigger. I'm the same exact way. I'm the same. It kind of my same mentality with the Kelsey stuff. But the difference is, at least Kelsey, you know, you've been getting the last, you know, five, six years or so. Pitts, if there ever was a guy that, like, I want on my real team, but I don't want to spend the the price in fantasy that high, it is Kyle Pitts because he's awesome. And I think that, you know, uh, but unfortunately, last year with Matt Ryan, I know things didn't went kind of sideways with the Falcons. I don't see that getting better with their current quarterback situation. They did add Drake London. So, um, I, I third round, it's a little too rich. There's, you know, way, way too many good running backs, receivers in that, that range for me to want to gamble on Kyle Pitts now without Matt Ryan. But he's awesome. Yeah. The next guy being taken in drafts is George Kittle. And George Kittle is another one of those. We know when he's on the field, he's phenomenal. But again, I have issues trusting him to stay healthy. Uh So I end up passing on him as well because there's usually a lot of receivers I want there or something. Now, if I got into a dead zone, I would take Kittle there because I do think that he can be elite at the position and can give you an advantage but it just ends up the way I'm building my teams. It isn't happening very often. There's no real reason to not like George Kittle, especially with a young quarterback. Exactly. A lot of times that helps. Um, so, you know, George Kittle is still probably a good value even where he's going uh, right now, which is, let me tell you where he's going right now, which is an ADP of 55. I mean, like I know I just crapped on uh, Trey Lance 15 minutes ago, but I, I totally agree with that. If you're if you're gonna trust in something if, with Trey Lance a quarterback, it's probably his connection to Kittle. Young quarterbacks love finding their tight ends. Um, if Kittle is healthy and is on the field, um, their O line should be in good shape, and, and, and you know he's a good blocker too. So he's going to be on the field in all scenarios. But uh, it, it's you know uh, I, I still think with tight ends this high, there's some guys if you wait on a little bit, the value is better, and you might get similar production. Uh, I'm just too afraid to. To pull the trigger. Darren Waller's the next one on this list. And um, this one's really hard for me because I love Darren Waller. And I actually think it will help that Devontae Adams is there. But it's all about health. And we haven't really seen him be healthy in preseason. And that's what's starting to bother me. <clears throat> then there's a part of my mind that's like, ooh, Josh McDaniels, Gronk, <laughs> inside <laughs> out. Ooh, that's Darren Waller. So you know, we know that Carr and he have a good connection. Again, I have no issue with taking Darren Waller right here. I just haven't done it yet uh, myself because of my nervousness about his health. And it's only about health. But, you know, he is he is deservedly the next one on this list. Yeah, I'm, I'm with uh, I think outside of the top two, the Andrews, Kelsey, uh, the, you know, the super, super elite tier for tight ends. I think the next best one I like so far that we've talked about is Darren Waller. We know the connection, you know, Dar- you know Derek Carr obviously loves uh, Devontae Adams or time in Fresno, but he also built a great connection uh, establishment with Darren Waller. And you're right. If he just stays healthy, then uh, then, you know, he's going to produce, he's going to score touchdowns. And I, I like him there, depending on where he goes. If he slides at all past his ADP, I think he's He's a guy you got to scoop up no matter what. Now, the next guy, there's a bit of a gap uh, in the list, is Dalton Schultz, who's going at an ADP of about 71, 72. Um, now, Dalton Schultz, I actually believe, is still undervalued. Uh, so 81 to 82, that's around the seventh round. I like this. Mm-hmm. If, if Depending on how the rest of your team is going. And here's why. Dalton Schultz finished last season as the number two receiver on that Dallas Cowboys team. He is going to get the targets, but there is no Michael Gallup to start the season. There is no Amari Cooper. There is no, they just gave him a big contract. I really believe that Dalton Schultz has a pathway 
to being a big tight end, a la even a Travis Kelsey or a Mark Andrews. That is not without, you know, not in the realm of possibility. That is within the realm of possibility to me. So at this value, I like Dalton Schultz and, um, and I definitely have tried to get him in a few leagues and it just, I haven't been able to, I've just missed it by a few picks. I am so in on Dalton Schultz. It, it sounds like I'm going to be a Cowboys fan for a minute, but I still think the cream of the crop in the NFC East. And Jen, what you're saying before too about Pollard, it kind of plays into this. Where like I, I think they're going to be a passing team. I think they're going to do some creative stuff. Like with the loss of Tyron Smith, uh, their offense line is not what it used to be. They're not going to dominate you on the ground game, and Dak could fill in the hole. I think this is Dak's team now. Uh, Dak, you know, he'll do the the run pass option, and like you said, the the absence of a lot of other receivers they had. It's just C.D. Lamb. He's going to get, obviously, C.D. Lamb's going to get a ton of targets, but he can't get all of them. I think the next one up is Dalton Schultz. So I think Dalton Schultz is going to have an awesome year. He's a tight end that I'm actively targeting in in drafts. So people who play in leagues with me, please do not listen to this. (laughs) So the next tier, we've kind of been doing these by groups. The next tier is kind of three tight ends altogether that are going around the same time. And that is Dallas Goddard, Zach Ertz, and Dawson Knox. Okay all of whom finished last season very successfully. But I have a feeling that there's going to be a difference this year. I have a feeling that Dallas Goddard is being drafted like he's Ty Curry. He's probably going to end up being like, you know, jamming jalapeno. Not bad. Certainly fine. But maybe not going to live up to his draft position. And here is the reason why. Yes. Um, Dallas Goddard was one of the top graded tight ends by PFF last season. He looked phenomenal. Once Zach Ertz was out of town, he had the opportunity. But how do tight ends lead to fantasy production? They either have to be on a pathway to be one of the top two in targets, or they have to get a ton of red zone work. Neither of which is probably Dallas Goddard now that A.J. Brown is in town. Uh A.J. Brown, Devonta Smith are there. I just think he's still going to be very good, but he's not going to be the one that wins you your league. Last season, 76 targets, 836 yards, and four touchdowns. Yes, some of that time he was sharing with Zach Ertz, but like four touchdowns, that doesn't, that's not massive. 836 yards, very, very good, very strong. 76 targets, very good. But interestingly, going almost a full Round and a half, two yards later, is the guy I'd rather have. And it's Mr. Zach Ertz. Ertz is being drafted like he's jamming jalapeno, and he could end up mango habanero. Let's talk about Zach Ertz. Zach Ertz moved over to Arizona, and he saw 112 catches sorry, 112 targets by the end of the season, 74 catches. And in those last four games, he was averaging seven and a half targets per game. He finished the tight end position with the third most targets amongst tight ends. And as I said, the first half of the season, he was sharing with Dallas Goddard more than half the season. So we know Dander Hopkins is going to miss games. We know Christian Kirk has left town. So who do they got? Sure. They traded for Hollywood Brown, but we don't really know for sure that's going to work out. What we do know is that Kyler Murray did have some connection with Zach Ertz. So Zach Ertz going at pick 92, going at pick 95. That's my guy. That's the guy to target. That's the sweet spot for the tight end with, with a good amount of upside. I know he's 31 years old. I know he may not be the better athlete, but he's very good at getting open. And I think value wise, you can draft him jam and jalapeno, 
and he could end up mango habanero. I'm with you on this, Jen. Like I said before, with tight ends, it's all about you know finding the correct value. Don't overpay for somebody because you want to get in all those running backs and receivers. But where Ertz is going, it, it just makes so much sense. They're also pretty funny that these guys were former teammates. Ertz was always the guy, and now it almost makes more sense to take Ertz. And you know, in terms of Dallas Goddard, you know the Eagles are a run-based team. They ran the ball a, a ton the second half of last season. I don't think it's going to really change, especially with Jalen Hurts, a quarterback who's going to be in the Lamar Jackson type run-first mold. And they did add those receivers, aren't they? It's going to only get better in the league uh, in his second year, and with AJ Brown there too, taking away targets. Like I, they want to feature Miles Sanders. Like I just don't see, I don't see uh, God of where he's going, having a monster season, way better value with Ertz. So I'm with you on that. Next up on the list is Dawson Knox. He's going just a couple picks after Zach Ertz. Oh my goodness, Zach Ertz. Ex- uh, correction, Zach Ertz is going to pick 102 right now. Oh, yeah, take that value. Um, Dawson Knox going at pick 111. My thing with Dawson Knox is he seems to be very touchdown dependent. And there are so many receivers and options for Josh Allen in Buffalo. Gabe Davis, we're expecting to take a step forward. Uh, It looks like Isaiah McKenzie has won the slot receiver starting job. Jamison Crowder is there. Dawson Knox, it's it's not an overpay. It's fine to take a chance here. Um, But again, do not jump this pick. Do not take him ahead of Zach Ertz. I just, I don't see it. He's too touchdown dependent. Does the uh, Brian Dable moving on to my team, the Giants, kind of scared all with how the the Buffalo Bills offense has operated in the past? Could we, could we see a, maybe a major change? I know we made fun of them for not really running the ball that much uh, the last few years. Do you see something being different where you know Josh Allen is looking to hand it off more and be more safe instead of finding you know just tucking the ball over the place, whether it's the Diggs or, or Dawson Knox or Gabe Davis? Well, they certainly could. I mean, they've got James Cook now. They learned to trust Devin Singletary down the stretch, finally. It's absolutely possible. Um, It's just more that I feel like it was fluky. And it was fluky for a long time with Dawson Knox. And and like at this value, it's not a bad shot. Um, Pat Fryermuth is the next guy up. Also, not a bad shot. But honestly, I would rather have Cole Komet, who's the number 12 guy. And here's why. There's no other options in Chicago. It's Darnell Mooney and Cole Komet. And I know he didn't have a single touchdown last year, but he did have a preseason touchdown. And there has to be a positive touchdown reduction coming. He was the second most targeted receiver in Chicago last year, but he had a better catch rate than Darnell Mooney. So again, a young quarterback, you're going to get him going to his tight end more often. I feel like where you're getting Cole Komet at pick 126, I would rather do that than a Pat Frymouth or a Dawson Knox, all of whom I like. You know, the more, the further these guys slip, the, the better they are. Do not jump for any of these guys. That's how I feel. I'm a Cole Komet guy, girl. I shouldn't say guy, girl. I like Irv Smith as well as someone to take a shot on, Hunter Henry to take a shot on. Um, again, but all of these are outside your top 12. So you can fill your roster spot and then just wait. Um, okay, we have something from Jeff here. Thanks for the rookie wide receiver advice Thursday. Like spaghetti, I'm a big Irish man and took Komet with the 97th pick as my only tight end. Eddie, make me believe. Eddie, help him out. 
Well, I, I've always, lo- obviously, as the Irish fan, I always love Cole Komet, big body. And I said it before about the, the Trey Lance Kittle thing, the young quarterback and trust in the tight end. And I think not a lot of great stuff going on in Chicago. Very few options. Uh, we, we mentioned Darnell Mooney. So I think uh, Komet is the guy there. Uh, I did a, a league uh, a few days ago with uh, a listener of the Extra Points Network. And, you know, a lot of tight ends are going fast. And, you know, Komet was there. And I was like, this is this is the pick. I think, like you said, Jen, he's going to score more touchdowns touchdowns uh obviously than he did last year and I, I think in terms of uh, where you know if Justin Fields is the guy he's gonna be targeting a, a bunch so I think you know they're gonna they're gonna be down in games they're gonna have to throw the ball a lot and commits really one of two options um sort of like the, what's going on in Dallas too with with CeeDee Lamb so I think that you're gonna see commit put up some uh, some pretty great numbers for the value there I mean, I'm not saying Travis Kelsey Mark Andrews numbers but for he's going in drafts even if you don't even draft him if you just pick him up like as a backup I, I wouldn't be shocked if he outplays guys like you said, Knox or Fryermuth or around that. So I'm a big fan of Kamei. He's only going to get better and better. So to summarize, those are our top 12 or my top 12 tight ends. And the ones, we, any of these would be great on your fantasy team, but we want to caution you not to spend too much for Darren Waller, who might be go, who might go earlier than he should, uh, Dallas Goddard, uh, Dawson Knox, and Pat Fryermuth. Those just make sure uh, you're not taking them too early. Okay. They're great to have. Don't jump the gem. Don't jump their ADP. Um, as I was mentioning some other guys we like with upside, um, Evan Ingram, who should be in a good situation. Um, Hunter Henry should be in a good situation. Austin Hooper has an opportunity. Uh, Isaiah likely who looked fantastic Mm -hmm. in preseason and should something happen to Mark Andrews, there's the guy. Right. So -hmm. there is so much talent. I kind of like taking a shot on two other tight ends. And these are really, really filthy picks. Um, Robert Tunyon, who uh, you didn't look good last year, but we know that there's a lot of red zone targets for grabs now with no Devontae Adams. And we know Aaron Rodgers has gone to him before. He could easily end up being a touchdown monster again. And he's free. And get ready for this. Are you ready? I'm ready. I'm ready. Really be ready. Taysom Hill. Wow. I was not expecting that. No. And you probably don't have to draft him. Just keep an eye on him because remember Taysom Hill is still a quarterback too sometimes. And should something happen to Jameis Winston and he gets put in, or do you remember how they Mm. used to use him? They used to just put him in for special rushing packages. He could just come in and rush for two touchdowns or something. and, And you have him slotted into your tight end. Just keep an eye on it. It's just a feeling. If you have a really deep league, it's a gross feeling. I get it. But don't forget. And and my point is there's a lot of options that are going to be available to you on the waiver wire. So if you don't want to deal with tight end, don't worry. Just wait. Take Irv Smith. Take Cole Kmet. Just take Hunter Henry. You will be fine. And we will stream them throughout the season. And we will find next year's Dawson Knox, Dalton Schultz, whoever it's going to be. He's, he's going to show up and we'll find him. He'll be on the waiver wire. Yeah, I mean, uh, you you mentioned uh, Hunter Henry, another good example of a guy. You just find the, the which quarterback finds a connection with, and Mac Jones, like what nine touchdown passes to Hunter Henry, finishes a top ten tight end. Uh, that's like almost half of uh, Mac Jones' touchdown passes. So yeah, I know the target share wasn't great, but once these quarterbacks find the connection, they trust the guy in the red zone, the bigger body tight ends. Um, so just you know, something to keep an eye on. Maybe why the, some of these preseason games matter because you could see what the quarterbacks trust, and I, I think Hunter Henry is a good example of that, and it just shows you you could. 
still find very, very impactful players that probably went undrafted, um, like uh, like a Hunter Henry or you know outside of the top ten to twelve. So you'll find your guy if you don't get the ones you want early on. Don't worry, there'll be more popping up, like Chen said. I just realized I think we skipped T.J. Hawkinson. I think in my excitement I skipped T.J. Hawkinson. I like T.J. Hawkinson where he's going. Um, I think he has kind of all the post hype breakout signs, mm-hmm. um, including the fact that you know Hard Knocks is working for him. And he, he's playing for a tight end. But um, again, it has not worked out yet where I am in my draft that I feel like, oh, I want Hawk. I think I have him on one team. But if, if Hawk doesn't work out, there's going to be somebody else. There's going to be somebody else on the waiver wire. And that, that's just all you need to worry about. So if you want to get your elite tight end, I co-sign that. Build your strategy around that. I would probably only do a light elite tight end in a PPR or half PPR league because – counting on touchdowns from a tight end is a little tricky. Um, but you know, there's two different strategies to go about it. Either way, you're going to be successful because there's plenty of talent on the wire. And have you booked your Buffalo Wild Wings draft party yet, Eddie? It is. Everything's booked up. I'm, I'm asking them rush order. Please get me the sauce sauce wings, uh, there for my draft parties. Yes the sauce sauce uh we will be back you guys next week at our usual time and we will help you set your lineups because we'll be kicking off nfl football it's going to be a great it's going to be a huge day it's going to be a great day we are looking forward to it in the meantime you guys have drafts this weekend hit us up if you have questions good luck on your drafts don't fret the tight end position and we'll catch you next week Thank you.